0: Welcome. You're now listening to Just Bobby T. What's going on, Kyle closing Yo, 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 Bobby. What's up, man? Just chilling, just chilling. So before we start and start this first episode, I want to welcome everyone to 360 of Just Bobby T. And I have my guest here, Kyle Klozen, um from Close Leather General. And before we start, I just got to give a quick shout out to Mitch Maddox who helped set up and get the audio Correct for this interview. Um, without Mitch Maddock, this thing would not be live right now. So, so happy and so appreciate um, his support around that. So to start things off, Kyle Clozen, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, man. Yeah, heck, I mean it's the first of the month. We uh, we got through January and we're flying through the year already. You know, it's going fast. Oh, totally. It's beauty day out today. I mean it's minus 25 or something. So
0: it's not that beauty but the sunshine. And so it could be worse, heck, we're above ground. Oh, totally. 100 100%, 100% <laughs> I agree with that. And um, you know what? One thing I want to kind of start before we get into things, it being almost end of the week, it's Thursday. I'm kind of curious what like what had your attention this week? What did you get into? Did you have any yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, this week I was kind of just focused on getting some projects done. I'm working on some bags, kind of story of my life. It seems like these days, bags, bags, bags. So, yeah, um, just been kind of focused in the shop, trying some new things. Just fi- actually finished up uh, making a new backpack today. It's a nice uh, all black on black. So a nice black canvas with a nice black leather. It's cool. It's coming together nice. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it always feels good to uh, you know start a project and uh, see it kind of. Yeah. go through all the stages because there's times where it's, you know, a bag can take me 10 hours sometimes. So
0: 100%. And, and then, sorry, and then like outside of work, like what, what has grabbed your attention? Like you an Emerson scene or yeah, the world Yeah, last scene night I or actually or checked out a show.
1: There was a, a band in town, Milky Chance. Okay. They're, they're a European band and uh, they came nope. through it was really good it was at the Windspear, so great yeah. sound in there obviously and then we got there and uh when I, I actually picked up the tickets on kijiji and uh it seemed like a real legit transaction and she was a younger girl who was selling them couldn't make it she said she was in red deer so went yeah. through with the process and before i gave her the money excuse me i got her to um call down to Windspear, change it all up and then i was gonna call them and make sure that my name was on the tickets and uh and we get there. And so it was all good. And so I called down, yeah, your name's on them. And we get there. And she's like, oh, Mr. Cozen, these tickets, the money was refunded back in October. And we, the tickets are no longer available. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I talked to Helen today on the phone. <laughs> and she seemed to say it was all legit. But uh, nonetheless, when we stood there for 20 minutes. And they said, finally said, you know what, Mr. Kozen, we're going to give you tickets. And we're going to upgrade you oh. for your troubles. So ah. we got like, we got three rows from the
0: front. And uh, yeah, it was a great show. I mean, and what kind of what kind of and I'm not familiar with that group. Yeah. Is it what kind of music yeah. is it? What, what man, it's kind of like a bit of a kind of a
1: funky like mmm. Um, how do you say I wouldn't say like rock music by any means, but like they were a boy band for sure. Cool. There was lots of like teenage girls and then like dudes like myself with their girlfriends, okay. you know, so would I go back to that show? not so much had a great experience while I was there but to me honestly they it sounded like they kept playing the same song over and over like i kept looking at my girlfriend being like didn't they just play this song <laughs> She's like, no, it's a it's a mix. I'm like, it's a mix. Oh man! So it was good though. That's it was so, fun. It was so. it was experience, you know. And um, other than that, uh, just been kind of laying low. The weather's been so cold. I was talking to Mike, the guy that works with me in the shop. And yeah. he was, You know, we were talking about this today about like the weather. How I can get get a guy down in a sense, right? But
0: oh, totally. And I mean, that's like, I, but part of it, we have to get used to that kind of absolutely, man. State I mean, when that weather. We're here.
1: We're in the. We're we're in it. The city of ex champions, <laughs> you know, and it's
0: it's it's not always the warmest. But anyways, that's so that's so funny. And then like myself like shoot, what did i get into you know what actually i have got into this week which is like super interesting is i don't know how much you're on like social media instagram but like just recently like uh will smith jumped on instagram okay i'm um, over the last month and he's just been like just killing it yeah in terms of like all of his like conversations his talks and things cool. like that and then like he just recently i guess his latest video you put out was like all about people taking responsibility yeah like taking responsibility for the actions so like when people cause you pain right um Yes, that's wrong. Yes, they should not have caused you pain in whatever like facets. But it's like on you or your responsibility yeah. to like own it yeah. and then move forward from totally. there. So it's like I don't know. It's interesting to see how. Like I guess impactful and sometimes real some of these celebrities are but Absolutely. then at the same token like you know there are some you know Rick real ones yeah. doing stuff. I mean, he's so.
1: just a real guy too going through normal life real stuff as well so yeah but it is interesting somebody like that with you know that kind of power in a sense it feels like right yeah. to make a point and go through it 100% well they're making a movement here in Edmonton as well that, that make it awkward Jesse Lipscomb right yeah. he's going through
0: shout out to Jesse
1: yeah yeah and I mean it's, it's it's good to you know be aware of what's going on and also to like you know it, 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 like they you know no better time than the present than the present to like call things out and you know like
0: bring certain topics up when maybe it is awkward or 100 the right thing 100 percent. Yeah. so That's let's get good. into let's get into yeah. this now so yeah. who is please for the people who don't know who you are please let them know and please start from the beginning well to be honest beginning. Man, i'm just a i'm just a
1: redneck from saskatchewan man i grew <laughs> up on a farm in saskatchewan a little town just outside of north battleford um my mom uh, my mom had me when she was uh, eighteen years old. she was just young um, and I did so I've never met my father. I guess I' will get that right out straight up. I don't know that you know, is something that, uh, was that's real. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Right. And so my mom did an amazing job of raising me. So my grandparents were very much a part of my life. Right. Yep. My mom was quite young, still lived at home and then she got her own place, uh, not long after. And, um, so my grandma and grandpa were a huge influence on me. And my mom met a fellow by the name of Orest and he had uh, three other kids. So when I was in grade three, we moved out to the farm. We moved out to the Woodco Hills and right away I was involved in a, in a family setting. I now had like this father figure in my life. He was a farmer. I um, really good guy, hard working. Um, at first when I was a kid, I was intimidated by it and didn't really like it. I was in now the, at the farm, seemed like I was like, you know, away from all my friends in the city and stuff like that. But it was... It was amazing, right? Hanging out with the, the the cows and the horses and the sheeps and the, the, the pigs and the goats and the chickens. Man, we had it all, right? Like, Oris was a real farmer. Yeah. And now he's got buffalo, so.
0: And sorry, would you participate in sort of those, oh, like, yeah, farm Oh, yeah, absolutely. We had to be in.
1: I, I, was, I was in on it, man. You know, the, oh, the, the, the girls kind of, like, stayed inside and did the dishes and cleaning the house and made the suppers. And yeah. at the same time, they came outside still. They, totally. they just as much worked very hard as well. Yeah. But, you know, the boys were outside. My stepbrother, um, he, was, uh, he was a couple years older than me. And uh, he put me through the ringer, man. You know, I was, he was, he was, what is he, five, six years older than me? Okay. And uh, just a shysty older brother, you know what I mean? Totally. Right away, he was like getting me to do silly things. Like, He would throw, we'd be, we'd be going for a skidoo ride or something like that in the wintertime and it wouldn't start. So he'd, un- you know, unplug the, the spark plug from the motor and get me to hold the one in while well, he pulled the cord and it would like give you a shock and hold. like, you know, stuff like that. Right. And, and I have older take brother, it beat you up,
0: you know? and I can relate to that a hundred percent of like the older oh, brother, so, uh, tactics, what they exactly. would do to the younger ones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so kind of got terrorized by my older brother, but, uh, you know, wouldn't have it any other way. It, it kind of built me to the person that I am in a sense. And so growing up on the farm and had a, great setting out there and wouldn't change it for a thing and um, I went to school in North Battleford Saskatchewan yeah. uh, just about a half hour outside of the Wicko
0: Hills there and um, what was that like what was that experience like?
1: yeah it was good it's a small town of about uh, 20,000 25,000 people and uh, it's a it's a little community that was driven by kind of sports and community um, so I played hockey growing up Nope. and uh, how big was your graduating class uh, there was 200 kids 200? something okay. like that yeah it wasn't like real small okay so i think fra- so that no, no, no was what 15 years ago i think i had my graduation 2003 <laughs> so, <laughs> remember our slogan back then when we graduated is 2003 you drink till you can't see but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing in the past you know so no. but um no as
0: we're drinking here it's yeah, yeah 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 and shout to out one. yo cheers yo. Oh, it's, oh it's a reach <laughs> yeah, that's good shout nice. out to uh richer from mitcher's whiskey Nice. The first yeah, one's free, is, Richard. The first one's free. This is good. This is good. It's tasty. <laughs> oh, it's magic. A little tasty. smoky. Oh. Know? it tastes nice. A hundred percent. Oh, you know, you know your, you know. Oh, your I know my bourbon. scotch like you wouldn't believe yet. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I grew up back uh, in the farm in Saskatchewan there and um, did a lot of different things growing up. Played hockey, snowboarded, skateboarded, you know. Yeah, Kind of just did a little bit of it all. Um, when I graduated high school, I um, worked at the local skate shop. And my stepbrother and my, my stepdad, they were both working in the oil field back home. And they um, gave me an opportunity
0: to and go. starting to drop. I just got to yeah. give a shout out to Cam. Cam is my office mate. As y'all can see in the 360 view, Cam over there is making some noise, but that's what we do Can't. in all 360. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's doing a little business these
1: days, you 100%. know? 100%. percent everybody got to make it happen. Code, code working space. That's what it's all about, man.
0: 100%. Collaborating
1: minds and keeping things together. That's yeah. what it's all
0: about. So sorry, continue. You were talking yeah. about the skate shop.
1: Yeah. So I worked at the skate shop back home growing up, and that was a ton of fun, right? We got to go snow. We had a little hill, Table Mountain back home, and it was just that's where all of us hung out on the weekends and evenings totally. and anyway, it was great. And, um,
0: can you still what, skate today?
1: Uh, I, th- I try. I okay. still do. Okay. Don't. You know, but I got a bad knee now Aww. and, um, it's just kind of part of, I guess, getting older, but injured it, had surgery. And now it's just one of those things where it's always yeah. going to haunt me. Yeah. yeah so I yeah. just got to kind of take it easy, but I still get out there and skate, okay, give don't. myself a little kick push and drop in on some, some little bowls here and there, like a couple of little skate parks around
0: town. Okay. Okay.
1: And, um, and yeah, grew up on the farm riding dirt bikes, all that, right? Like just yeah. loved it all, the farm life. Uh, you didn't appreciate it as much as, you know, being a kid. It was like so much of it was so much work. You totally. Know?
0: And, I, and I can only imagine Taking like when you're money. when you're in it and you're a young, you're a young yeah. buck, but when you're in it, you don't sometimes appreciate Absolutely. the kind of that current yeah. time and that current state. And what your family's teaching you, right? 100%. We always
1: called them out like, you guys work way too hard. You work way too much, you know, up at six and in the house at nine, you know?
0: Yeah. Now you
1: get it, right? <laughs> now, now, now we're doing that in a different pace here, oh, like different, different style. We're we're grinding on a different level, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I did that, and then when I was uh, when I was 18, my stepdad and, and brother, they decided that they wanted to give me an opportunity to come work in the oil field with them, and uh, I got my class one, started uh, driving a pressure truck. Okay. Uh, did that as a young kid and had a few spills with oil and, you know, just it wasn't the life for me. It was yeah. it was pretty dirty and it was it was. I don't know. I was working a shift work, seven, three, seven, four. I was living in a small town just outside of North Battleford. I didn't love it. Yep. You know, it wasn't, yep. wasn't my jam. So I, 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 I moved from that and I started hauling oil. So same thing, different pile, if you will. Yeah. started trucking for one of my good friends and his dad. We drove semi, did that for a few years. And, um, yeah, it uh, again wasn't resonating with me. I, yeah. I was falling asleep when I was driving because I was doing days and nights and like I was all over the place totally. with my schedule, and, and it and wasn't just, healthy, right? Yeah. Just grinding it, man. Like fifteen hour days, you know. Totally, which is fine. I was making pretty good money as a kid, you know, and but uh, it wasn't where I wanted to be. Yeah, I knew there was something else out there. Right?
0: And, and and I and I really one of the things I really want to do in this podcast is like drive home to people sort of those like aspects of those like um, pillar Job. changing points. Peace out, Cap. <laughs> um, what was it or w- was there a certain day was a certain action was a certain trigger like what made you say like hey this is not well for I me? just I honestly I felt like be, I
1: felt like I was gonna kill somebody when I was driving truck because I was literally falling asleep behind the wheel and a, and a young friend of mine who was working out there um, young fella he uh, he had a bad accident he crashed he was going down a hill and it was really foggy and it was a gravel road down a hill yeah. into a coulee, into the bottom where there's a creek in the bottom Holy and he, he come down there and he crashed and he rolled several times and completely um, he's lucky to be alive right and so that was was an eye-opener for me. I think I thought to myself, man, this is what my life is being put at and I'm making like 18 bucks an hour, which is fine. That's great. I mean, more money I'm making today. (laughs) Let's face it. (laughs) I don't get paid by the hour. I get some
0: good jobs, but you know what I'm saying? So anyways,
1: looking back, you know, I decided that that just wasn't for me. So I... I ended up um, seeking out for some opportunity. I actually went traveling. I went traveling out to Costa Rica. Yeah. Me and another good friend of mine, Mike Berg. What up, Mike Berg? We went cruising <laughs> Shout out, out to, to Costa Rica Berg. and we, we toured, man. We uh, we got on a plane and we went out there, we set ourselves in, we bought some surfboards, we landed ourselves in a uh, cool little surf town called Mel País. We had some other friends come and visit oh. us and we just we spent the we spent the days surfing, drinking cervezas on the playa on the beach, uh, and we just kinda kept it real, man. We uh, we tried to become local locals you know in a sense we got to know the town and anyway it was awesome so how how long
0: how long were you there for Uh, three
1: months three months three months and that was back when
0: i was 21 or something like that
1: holy that must
0: that must have been a world of an experience yeah
1: 100 it was and 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 i had been out to costa rica when i was a kid my uncle's got some property out there so he took me and my mom out there and i had so i had a bit of a tie to costa rica in a sense that i felt like i had some family there we went you know we, we stayed in san ramon as well which is where my uncle has some really good friends that we call family so we stayed with them and then did our own tour and, and that was just amazing. That was a, a trip of a lifetime, right? You know, totally. as a kid, just had a little bit extra cash, you know, because I worked hard. I was I was hauling oil and stuff and saved it up and yep. realized that when I was out there is when I realized you know what? There's more destined to this. There's more, not to say that I'm better than this, but I thought I could, I could, I could take it somewhere else. Totally. So when I come home, I. I uh, come out to Edmonton actually, and was hanging out with a friend of mine, Mike Callbeck. Shout out to Mike and uh, a really good friend of mine. Grew up together, grew up back home in NB with him, and uh, he moved out here to go to school. So come out here and was hanging out in Edmonton on the on the weekends and partying. I mean, from a Battleford on a farm, and you come to a city like this, and there's people everywhere, and mm-hmm. you're out and about and just seeing different things. And
0: and how old are, how old are you at
1: this point in time? Um, yeah, I would have been like 21, 22. Okay, and uh, and so. While I was out here, I thought, you know, there's got to be more to just kind of feeling like I was stuck back home in NB and, and, and driving truck and stuff, which was, it was great. And I loved it and I wouldn't change it. But uh, another one of my friends was welding at the time. So Mike got hold of me and said, yo, cool, I'm going up north. Mike Raw, Thanks mm. to Mike. Uh, he, uh... You know a lot of Mikes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. True story. I even got a Mike working with me now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and so, um... Mike offered me a job welding and uh he said come up north with me we're gonna go up for the winter it'll go by fast but it's gonna be for like six months we're gonna go pipelining so we chased the we chased the the pipeline dream and we went up north went to high level worked in, in the middle of the bush high level Zama City Rainbow Lake like way up there in Alberta yeah yep. and we did that and we worked I think our, our longest stint was uh like 95 days straight or something without really having a day off oh, we had one day off in between because it was minus 50 but we we gave her man we worked and Mike was the welder and I was his I was his uh, lead hand so I was his like helper and his uh and his spacer for the pipeline yeah what was what was that like like you know what was day I'm curious what was day 92 like oh man I was so I was what they call bushed so I was I was I was to another level of like you know you only you see the same guys every day day in day out and then you see the same trees all the time and you stay in this little dingy little camp with, you know, I had a bed to sleep on and I did have a shower and it, so it was all good. I had a place to sleep, but it was literally kind of felt like it was a solitary confinement or something, you know, it almost, it's a sense of not jail, but like it's different. You're making money. It's all good. But you feel that way sometimes because it's the uh, same thing every day.
0: I can imagine. Same food almost, right? And And and, then, sorry, what, what was your shifts like?
1: So we would, well, we would work our day, our dailies were 12 to 14 hour days. And then, and then we wouldn't get a day off until the project was done Yeah, or too cold to work and the reason why we had to work in the winters only is because you had to work when the ground was frozen so you can because it was all swamp up there it's all like swamps and sloughs totally and, and we're digging through it and putting pipeline and covering it back up and away you go right and i didn't really know what i was getting into after understanding years later of what was actually going on and you know there was just so much stuff going on with the land and unfortunately people being like pushed out of their Properties, if you will, and especially with the natives and stuff like that, it was, it was wasn't fair to lots of it, right? So, yeah. I mean, and I didn't know any better. As I started, you know, I, I started to get older and understand that maybe this isn't even really it either. But I continued to do it because it was my job. Um, we were getting paid good, and it was what it was. So we finished up our first year up north, and I come back to Edmonton because I had a good friend, Mike, still living here. I went and stayed with him for the summer. Yeah. And stayed with him and loved the city. Started to like it more and more. There was good things going on. It, there was people up to stuff. And
0: yeah. And, I, the, and I'm kind of curious, what kind like what 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 exactly was like getting your eye about the c- city at that time I think it
1: was just meeting new people like every day, everywhere, you, every corner you turn, there was somebody you didn't know, which was which was um, unique to me because growing up in a it, every corner you turn, you knew everybody, yeah. which was great because I love that and I like that sense of community. But it was just the unknowns of what was up there, and even and especially because I had a street bike, I, I loved riding motorcycles and coming to a city like this with lots of roads and cruising yeah. out to the mountains. It was like this like open opportunity that felt like what else is out there?
0: That's dope. And then like you know, what too, because like I'm born raised in Edmonton, yeah. so I'm curious, did that kind of translate? To like was it open arms that people were like kind of meeting you and talking to you for yeah. the first time or was it just like what was that no, what was that think, dynamic like I
1: think like you know Edmonton is a big city but there's a lot of people from small towns that move here because there is opportunity Yeah, so it's a big city with a small town feel right and, and that's what I kind of liked about it okay it was just you know I guess being around something different, 100%. really, you know, and, and seeing different faces and, and, and even with the, there's a, there's a, there's lots of diversity with the culture here. hundred percent. Right. So, yeah. which is, which is cool. North Battleford, man, it was, it was lots of white people, natives, rednecks, right? It was, it's just what it was.
0: There's yeah. no black people in your town?
1: a few okay not a, few. a whole lot there was a few right like three
0: two one <laughs> i would say to be honest there's there been a handful a handful a handful five yeah. <laughs> ten <laughs> something like that but ten, ten out of population how many Twenty thousand,
1: twenty-five thousand, 25000 because there was okay. battleford and then there was north battleford okay that's right? interesting yeah so the, the the diversity in the culture just wasn't really there and I, i'm such an open person that i wanted more of that right yeah, and so yeah. coming to the city it felt like I could see that it was here you know 100%. in a sense and so really enjoyed being here and had a lot of a lot of fun with mike and we were partying and stuff right and yeah and um and a good friend of mine who was also from Rope Albert had a landscaping company here, and I had the summer off. So he says, "Chloe, why don't you work with me this summer, and then you can go back to welding in the winter?" So it worked out perfect. I was I was landscaping here, and that was going really awesome. I was learning a ton of things, learning how to run equipment, and yep. I had my class one, so I was driving dump truck and Bobcat and doing a bunch of fun stuff. Again, building stuff. I always liked so, building
0: things. And right? I was gonna say, you're very like hands-on man. Yeah. Like, you love to like create things with your hands or do things. With yeah, your Yeah,
1: totally. And that's what was good with welding too. Is it literally can't is an art form? Except you know when you're when you're building tanks and pipelining, you can't get that creative with it other than yeah. you are constantly solving a problem, so which is good, and you can do things on the side to make it interesting. So, so it was a great craft to learn like working with metal and cutting and grinding.
0: Interesting. So yeah. I'm curious, so some of those skill sets and I guess uh, bottom line, your like strategy or mindset, does that still oh, yeah, probably absolutely. been for today in 100%. terms of how you approach and yeah, tackle some sure. of your I problems?
1: Mean, welding school was, you know, so many um, welders are kind of Pointed as like, like arrogant and dummies, and like totally. anybody can be a welder, kind of like a truck driver and all that. But let's like,
0: and by the way, on this podcast, we're transparent. So just say it how it is. Yeah, you know, we yeah. want to be real. So it's it's
1: you know there's a stigma and like there's a there's yeah. a, a, a people as well, like and myself, yeah, like. I don't know. We're considered dummies being a welder, right? Yeah. It's just what it, it, seems, it seems. like it's easy, but man, I'm not going to lie. I struggled like through school. School. Well, Likewise. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, this drink, this drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but school was a challenge for me. I'm, I'm very much a hands-on person. So my physical side of like the, the actual welding hands-on in class was great. But when it comes to the books and the theory and the math and the science behind welding and what was actually going on was such a challenge. Yeah. So, you know you have to be smarter than you think to pass a welding course so yeah. anyway it, it, welders are not dummies man you you gotta know your stuff and you're there's so many different formulas and, and and there's lots of math involved if you're you know especially if you're running your own company and stuff right Oh, hundred 100 and then once you find your groove and you're into what you do it's what you do and it's kind of becomes normal and easy if you will right but totally. metallurgy yeah. and stuff like that like it there's a science to that man and it's it's even though I studied it, lots of it is still beyond explanation
0: to me, you know, Uh, so with so many different kinds of metals and materials and so. And just like any craft, like there is a science behind that craft and just because you, yes, when you put in the hours and you're able to execute on that at scale or quicker, like nonetheless, there is still some... Um, like it, it, there's smarts behind it. Yeah, there's absolutely. There's like evidence anything, right? to keep you going.
1: Especially when you want to be good at something. If you just want to half-ass it, you can half-ass it all your life, and
0: you can half-ass just everything. get
1: by, right? So, I, I knew that there was a drive for me. So anyway, after we were we pipelined up north, and I come back, and I, you know, what? I, I I'd enjoyed landscaping, and I thought hey, maybe I'm going to do this because I was it was fun. I was working my hands, I was building retaining walls and waterfalls, and Don't. you know, building lots of coast, cool making roads with the bobcat, and it was fun, right? Yeah. But the season was short, and then in the winter time, I was doing snow removal, and the snow removal suck because your hours were based on if it snowed and if it didn't snow you didn't make money and then when it snowed you were working twenty four hours and it, it sucked. Yeah. But it was what it was. It was it was just another thing that I didn't want to chase that all I I wanted a little bit more, I guess in my mind, consistency and wanted to have a, a little bit better of a
0: drive or something. So and, and how long did you experience that kind of seasonal Uh that was three years. Three years like
1: that. Three that gave years me enough that. hours of welding to go and, and go to school. Okay. So then I I continued to um, keep working um, as a welder yep, and decided that it was time for me to go to school. I wanted to become the best at it and I wanted to, I guess, get my ticket yep. to make more money because yep. I was making 18 bucks an hour and then I knew if I got my ticket, I could make up to like 50 bucks an hour. If I own my own truck, I could make like 125 bucks an hour and it yeah. was like, whoa. <laughs> I had some friends of mine that were welding that were making like... 10 G's a day and it was like, Shit. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not about the money, but sometimes when you're a kid and you like things and you like stuff and it's you about like to the travel,
0: yeah.
1: it's about the money. hundred percent. So I kept doing it, got my ticket and ended up working for a really good company out in Camrose just south of here. Um, yep. started out building some tanks and we were not, not oil field t- or not, uh, not army tanks, but oil field <laughs> tanks. <laughs> okay. I was like yeah, tanks. So, so <laughs> we, we fabricated all the parts and the pieces to these, t- to these huge tanks that we erected and built on site. So we yep. build the parts here. Here in Camrose not here but to south and we'd build them there and then we'd ship them up on a semi up north and then we'd head up north and we'd stay in camp up there we'd work two or three weeks on and get one week off okay so we'd fly in and fly out and that was good it was again it was like anything it was like it was good because you'd go to work you could leave you could literally leave your wallet at home and go to work Oh, what? in like two weeks make like 10 grand and then, and then come back for a week off and do it again and we did that for a couple of years
0: so it was a good like saver on top Absolutely. of like A since you're literally then going to but you sl- had
1: to take the pros and the cons with it yeah. Were like totally. you know you'd, you'd go away for like three weeks Working like 12, 14-hour days. You're staying in a camp and yeah. literally in the middle of a bush. They fly you in, you get on a bus. They drive into your camp. You don't even know where you are. Yeah. You do, but you don't. You can't get out. Like It's like kind of negated. It's all fenced in. Oh, you know, shit. There's bears around. There's all the wild. It's, it was great. It was cool. But, you know, as I kind of, again, learned more about what was going on and, and all the money that like was being made that was all just like dummy money like it was like play yeah. like it was like nothing seemed real like you know i don't so, know so
0: sorry, sorry let's pause on that w- what do you mean by that it didn't seem real like well it
1: was like too many people were up there with not enough education making way too much money and like yeah. There was lots of, like, you were working beside a guy that was from a different country that didn't maybe even have the proper education to be doing what he was doing, but because of the the contracting company that had the job to have us there, would just bring in foreign workers, and there was a language barrier, and there's a lot of... There's a lot of parts that are moving to these to these vessels and these tanks and these these scaffolding. That if something isn't put together right, his if he does something wrong, your life is at
0: risk. Hundred percent. And like I remember about like a couple years ago, I heard the stat that Alberta at the time, you know, the oil broom in terms of the oil stands yeah, and everything yeah. like that. We had the most amount of, um, I think it was like under like. Basically, we had a huge population of people who had less than a high school diploma that were making more than six figures a year. And that doesn't do anything good for the economy, one. No. It really doesn't. No, one doesn't know how to spend the money properly. That's
1: right. And then, and it just, I don't know. It was just, there was just lots of things that I didn't love about it. Yeah. And again, I wasn't, unfortunately, I wasn't doing anything awesome with my money either i i saved some which got me to where i'm at today but it also like i don't know i call dummy fun. money because yeah it was going fun. out yeah and which was good cuz i got to travel a bit and again i love motorcycles so i was buying parts for my motorcycle and doing this and going on little trips and had a great time but i don't know i guess i could have did it smarter and so that in 2014, it slowly came to an end, and it was like a fast. Then we finished building our tanks up on site, and we come back to Camrose, and we built a couple bridges for the city of Camrose. My boss was an engineer, yep. so he would hire us welders, me and a couple of my buddies. Um, actually, Bobby was one of them. Bobby McDougal, what up? Shout out, Bobby. Do <laughs> <laughs> another Bobby.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Double and, Bobbies. Yeah. I'm and the original so, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we uh, we built some we built some really cool stuff. And my boss Doug, he was just a great guy, and uh, you know, he gave me a great opportunity to, cool. to, again, be where I'm at. And, um, so in 2014, basically we finished building those bridges for the city of Camrose. And, um, he kind of just told us guys, listen, I'm st- I'm looking for work and I've got some things, you know, potentially lined up but nothing is signed. I, yeah. I got no contracts lined up. So you guys got to go do what, uh, you want to do. And so we didn't really stick around and, and kind of cry about it. We decided that we would just, Get up and get going and figure it out. So I had this dream. Like,
0: and sorry, it came to that abrupt
1: stop. Pretty much, man. It was. It was. We'd kind of had an idea that when we were finished building these bridges, that Doug had a couple little things, and we could stick around and work in the yard and, like, you know, fix things up and just kind of peter it out for a little bit until, like, until basically he just said, "Guys, listen, I got. I can't afford to pay you guys to do nothing for me, right? Like, when there's no work, there's no work." And that's when the oil and gas industry really started to slow down. Was in November, October of
0: 2014.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so. Meanwhile, I had been doing leather work as a hobby. Yeah. And I had been making some belts and some wallets for some friends and family in like 2012. I kind of started, I guess, kind of thing. And, um,. And that's what's kind of led me to where I'm at, I guess, is I was doing that stuff as a hobby and I was taking it up north with me. Yeah. And uh, when I was actually up in camp one time, I had brought my little leather tool kit and I, and I had my, my zigzags and a little, uh, some rolly papers, yeah, and some, <laughs> I had a little vial of oil in there. And this was a dry camp. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to have anything up there. So, so we're, we're, uh, we're up there and I'd do stuff in my room at night and make the things and. and um, <laughs> <laughs> So I, uh, I it was it was I don't know one afternoon all suddenly got a knock on our door of our little our little job trailer out there and Yeah. That two husky representatives from Husky Oil knocked on the door and said Mr. Colson, uh, we need to talk to you and we need to talk to your boss and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god like what the heck's going on? Yeah. What do I do, right? Like, yeah. shit. So they take me outside the job shack, and me and Doug go out there, we go for a little walk, and they say, yeah, you know, we brought the dogs, and they bring dogs into your room. They bring sniffing dogs to check for alcohol and drugs while you're up in camp.
0: Whoa, they're oh, sniffing yeah. dogs on alcohol? Oh, yeah, they can. Oh, Holy shit. Yeah. I, oh, man, I could, didn't even know that.
1: Oh, yeah, they could sniff anything, man. They could.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so they had these dogs trained, right? And yeah. these dogs smelt my papers and my, my little, I had actually a little needle that I was using for... <laughs> putting up some oil and smoking some little hash hoots and some oil hoots. Yeah. And they, the dog sniffed that out and they found it. So they come and, and basically said, listen, man, like you know that there's a zero tolerance for this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, we potentially have to let you go. And, and they kind of scared me, man. I'm like, oh my God, I, I could lose everything. And this was the first two weeks of being up there. Oh, shit. All because... I love making leather goods so much. Totally. I had this little remnants. It wasn't even like the real deal in there. It was just remnants from back home. Like I wasn't taking even
0: stuff up there to like. Okay. It was the. Okay. It was just
1: remnants. It was the dog got me, man. And so they basically had freaked me out and towards the end of the conversation said you know what listen we really like what you guys are doing up here we know you're a good guy Um, as long as you can like be honest and tell us that like you didn't have anything up here it was just some remnants of the papers and because they didn't find like a bag of weed or nothing like that right it was like it was totally fair what i had done but i you know as far as having that in there but so they had just said uh you know um we're going to keep you around we're not going to let you go because of this but uh, just be uh, uh, you know on point and, and warned now that you could lose your job over this and that would be the end so mm-hmm. anyway that kind of that was a that was an eye opener for me man like totally and, and i didn't like that either it was like man this is my life this is I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong and if i want to sit in my room at night and make a wallet and have a little hoot like then
0: why beat can, it, right? like, 100% you're so, not killing no one but right? no, it's only, anyway, and so as it was, we're on the premise it was, it was of the rules legalizing of what we
1: it what we're doing man you know and so uh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that was a little something there.
0: <laughs> so then the, that, how did that like then, so, okay, so you got that scare going. Yeah. And then on top of that, I just you're can't. starting to realize that this industry or this thing's not for you Yeah, and, and you decided it to was, move.
1: Yeah. It was just so like, you know, there was word that things were maybe going to slow down, but we weren't really sure. And, but things were going still so good. And this plant that was being built was huge. And there was trillions of dollars invested in. It was like, nah, this can't end like that.
0: And I'm curious too, being in it, mm-hmm. were they sheltering you guys? as if like it's not like don't listen to this or don't listen to the news or all that's bullshit still in the mix are you just so focused yeah you're just in there and you're working like it's so you're you're not aware of it and most people when
1: you're into a trade you're a tradesman you're like stoked on it and it was cool we were building some really big cool stuff like and I'm talking huge tanks that are 300 feet round that were like (laughs) like everything was like to spec by the millimeter like big big paddles that move into the tank and like a bridge on the top of a tank with a huge motor with a big drive that spins around like everything was like so precise that it was like building it was like a wow factor at the end. You were, when you looked at it, you were like, Whoa, 100%. we can build that by hand. So there was a cool factor like that. But no, they weren't trying to make you think that you were doing something that you weren't, you know, that was,
0: it was going to die. Just there, like was, like like, yeah, like there was no like, yeah, there was
1: no like. G- good talk or bad talk about it, it was like if you want to be here, we're gonna pay you lots of money, be here and if you're not, not, there was no like hush hush or don't say anything about this or like it was no okay. Other, like when you were, they did something around some of the sites. They'll build huge berms and stuff where you couldn't see what was going on on the, on the other side of them because they were digging out huge piles of the earth and stuff like so. Yeah. there was a blind eye to some stuff for sure, right? Yeah. So you know, and I just yeah, there was lots of things that I didn't love about it. The guys that you're working beside sometimes sucked, and like you know, I was totally. lucky that I worked with really good friends and great boss and. Hundred percent. Couldn't have had it better, but I was doing leather work as a hobby and really thought to myself, man, like if I could somehow, some way do this and pay my bills and be able to inspire others to keep doing this, you know, to do this kind of thing, that's what I want to do. Like if I can like... Make a living at it, let's try it.
0: So, and, and so start off as a side hustle,
1: yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I was just making stuff for friends and family, and half of my stuff like sucked, but my friends kept telling me it was good, and <laughs> I just kind of kept getting better, I guess, and only still trying to get better, right? I'm yeah. still definitely not the best at what I do, and there's a ton of other good makers here in the city that are and making great leather and, and stuff as
0: well. If we could dive a little bit deeper in that, so as you said, it starts a side hustle, like break that down to me.
1: So, yeah, I was like working out of my apartment uh, I had a little like one of those mastercraft tool benches up yep. in my little studio suite like my living room was a leather shop and um and I just made it work I was just doing it I was buying tools from the local shop it all started out it was um um I was looking for a belt in the wallet and I couldn't find one so okay. I I was talking with another motorcycle buddy of mine, another older fellow who did it as a hobby. And he was telling me that, listen, man, you can do it. Just got to go to the leather shop and get some tools and some leather. And so I did, I made myself down to uh, the local leather shop here in Edmonton, picked up some leather and some tools and away I went, I made myself a belt, made myself a wallet. And like, Holy I don't know. Shit. It was like, it was okay, but I mean, it worked.
0: Yeah. Right. So and you got your leather, you got your, t- so you got your belt and yeah. you got your Well, and wallet. then I had
1: more leather and more, and still had the tools. So I, I wasn't going to give up. And I really liked it. I was like, whoa, like, you know, you start out with something that is just a big hide of material that now is something that I get to use every day. <laughs> and, and it came through inspiration from my family as well. Like my grandma and grandpa had an upholstery shop back home in Saskatchewan. Okay. So growing up very close to my grandma and grandpa, obviously, as I was saying before, um, they had a huge influence on of my life and my mom worked for them at the upholstery shop so after school I'd go to the upholstery shop and help out with them and you know their patterning and making things and everything from uh, motorcycle seats to um, truck seats to boats boat tarps and you know oh. interiors like you know couches and and furniture and they were doing all that kind of stuff so it's very intriguing to me right
0: so. at that time as a young buck were yeah. you interested in that or were you were ah, like I think it was just like that was just life that
1: was just was what it was I don't know yeah it was this like, is part this of is what it. mom and this is what mom and grandma and Grandpa do, and, yeah, you know, I guess, yeah, I was just there helping out, and uh, I guess Interesting. in some way learning a little bit, because now I've got my Grandpa and Grandma's uh, sewing machine in my shop, so I got one of their original pieces, which they started out with back in the
0: late 70s, cool.
1: so pretty cool that I kind of oh. got their...
0: Uh, Between the nostalgia and this, I can only yeah. imagine the quality of yeah, it. Yeah, like, great machine, that's right, yeah, yeah, so... Um, so, so you're saying that once again, like you were making your make, wallet, making you made stuff. your bellets yeah, and, ma- and, and I was then what working was in, next? The, in
1: my, uh, in my little house in my little studio there, downtown Jasper Ave. And I, first little show I did was through after dark motorcycles. They did a, um, they had a little motorcycle show. So they asked me if I wanted to pop up and sell some of my goods. So I did. And I loved it. I mean, I got to sit there and stitch wallets while I was hanging out with my buddies and, you know, drinking beer and making <laughs> leather and selling it to guys that love doing cool shit. So, so how
0: how successful were you after that first show? Uh, and when I say successful, I, I, I mean I dollar I, amounts.
1: No, I like... I think I spent probably 500 bucks in leather and sold 250 bucks in goods and okay. took like two weeks to make stuff. So I definitely didn't make money. Yeah. I, and I, I lost money, but it was fun and I got it out there and I got a feel for like what people, you know, how to like the very first show, some people, you know, tire kickers, if you will come by and like, eh, you know, and, and then some people are like so stoked on it. like, Oh my God, it's amazing. You know,
0: I'll take it. You're, and, 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 and you know, what's so funny. I wanted you to say that because that is such like, We live in the world nowadays where people think like off the get-go people explode into it where that's not reality. What really happens is you try, you might fail, you might lose money, but you learn something and then it's only if you continue when you can actually have something of substance or have some growth around it.
1: That's right. And being able to take criticism because there are lots of, I'll say it, haters out there, right? 100%. And people who think they can do it better and people who will see your stuff and then go and try to do it and realize, oh, it's harder than it looks. 100%. So it's, I learned, I slowly learned how to kind of take all that criticism and whatever. But, but I loved it I loved that It was something That I felt Passionate about doing yeah. I was able to Cover all my bases Of creativity From drawing To prototyping To making Was like all part Of such a yeah. great experience and, and
0: what aspect Of so, so Is that the process That you love yeah, or is it yeah, or definitely. or what or what is it exactly that I you I think it's
1: the process of like starting with nothing and having something cool in the end. Wicked. You know, like starting out with a material essentially whether you're using canvas or leather or whatever and and yeah. at the end of it having something that you are like impressed with,
0: right? Super dope.
1: So so that's the best part for me is is the you know, the hard work that it takes to get something in the end that you put so much dedication and time into that. Totally. Way potentially is going to make you some money. And even if it doesn't make you money, I mean, I love making stuff and having it sit in my shop. And I think that's part of my problem with making some stuff is that like, I'm always learning and there's so many things that I'll make something for a customer that's so nice. And I'll let it sit in my shop for three weeks before I even get to them because I just love looking at it and appreciating it, admiring it, and then trying to figure out how to even make it better and stuff like that. Right. Totally. So
0: it's, always it's, learning it's, and evolving and trying to figure it out. It's a never ending pursuit. You're yeah. trying to like, always refine it, grow it. And it, I'm sure it's something of a challenge of you where oh, you yeah. just have to say, okay, I got to stop now. Yeah, that's right. I got to, I got no
1: get on it. Especially when it becomes, you're making, trying to make a living out of it. Right. Totally. And you know, I guess it, going back a little bit again is it's kind of after working in my, my apartment, I decided that it was like, okay, this was something I was going to do that. I was going to try to make a go at. So after being friends with, um, with, with, uh, Jeff Rubtash and Devin Pope in the building here, they were just at the time they were just starting to, um, do all the work to Mercer,
0: Yeah. Shout out to Mercer Building. Yo, yo, yo.
1: (laughs) Mercer is where we're at. Creative hub for a bunch of local entrepreneurs. So they were, uh, I really loved the building. They were doing some cool things. The building was still boarded up in some areas. There wasn't a lot going on, but I was always so intrigued by it. Right? There was nothing happening, but so much potential. Yep. There was no arena across the street. There was like, it was just a dead zone over here. This and, was and, this was
0: going back back okay? yeah, so this and, was like and, while
1: I was still working up north that I noticed that while I was hanging out with Jeff and and he was part of the development of the Mercer with with Devin. Oh, okay so and that so was I was connection. coming here and helping yeah. these boys with like I'm talking like scraping the floors to like um, you know cleaning windows and meanwhile they're building oh. out the kitchen they were starting to build the restaurant they were starting yeah. to build the, the Mercer tavern. tavern they were starting to build the Mercer Tavern yep. and I just thought it was so great actually the, it was originally going to be called. Um, Uh, Fourth. Because 104 and 104. It's on the corner of 104 and 104. But with the building being named... John. the building is named after John B. Mercer. Okay. Um, And they decided to obviously make it Mercer Tavern. The Mercer building and it's the tavern. So it's the Mercer Tavern, right? But anyway, so the building has just been like, yeah, and it just had so much character and I mean the building was its such an old building. It was built in 1911. It's in a fire in 1926. Rebuilt in 1930. The side we're sitting on now is part of the the, is part of this build-on. So the original half is the other side, where my shop is at. But it's all didn't, connected, right? Didn't even know so this that wall, either. This, there's a wall that's like on the other side of this door here yeah. that originally was the wall that separated, which was the outside of the building. So this is an add-on. But oh, anyway, yeah. pretty cool. That's so the building dope. just had so much, so much character, and so many different businesses went through it over the years. And uh, Mr. Pope purchased it uh, eight, nine years ago now and sat on it for a little bit and decided that it was time to do something cool with it. Yeah. That's when, Shout out
0: to Kelly Pope. Yeah. And that's when, <laughs>
1: uh, no doubt that guy is, uh, he's an amazing man. He's yeah. a, he's a great uh, inspiration to many of us. And uh, that's when uh, Jeff and, and uh, Devin turn that vacant space into, after a ton of work into the tavern. And, uh, so over the years of still working up north and coming back and forth, I really I just loved this area. There was something about it that just drew me to this building. The character of it and a downtown that was still developing and currently still is, obviously, with the Ice District now, which is there's so many pros and cons to it all. Uh, it's a love hate relationship, I think, with it. But uh, yep. I love the Oilers. Woo! Shout out yep. to the Oilers <laughs> playing tonight, Colorado. Can't wait. <laughs> you think they're gonna win, by the way, on a sign-up? Oh, quick yeah, they got final? it. They got it. Oh yeah. They, they, they they they've have been, to. been they've had a struggle of a season, but all in all, man of my eyes are doing awesome. They're a group of talented individuals and the, the NHL is a, uh, a big league to, you know, make a presence in.
0: I, I I have to admit to something. I have been to an uh, entire two Euler games. Nice. And I've been to both Oilers games in the last three months. Mm-hmm. So, and sorry, I'm born and raised here in Edmonton. Yeah. Ah, shit. Well, <laughs> hey, man,
1: it's always new things, right? Oh, hundred 100%. And tickets are
0: expensive. Oh, they're super expensive. So,
1: but anyway, it's, all, it's awesome that, uh, and I love that vibe now, right? We get a yep. whole different vibe. Like this morning, I was up at work at the shop there and I looked out the window and I seen Connor McDavid driving by. Like oh, to me, that's so cool, right? Yeah. Because he's like, I don't know, he's an, in, he's an inspiration to many individuals and he's like a worldwide, he's like a- totally. he's one of the best hockey players in the world in, in many people's eyes. So it's cool to see a guy like that in your home, in your city while you're working in your shop. Look out the window and see a-
0: and 100%. And you told me one time a story when you actually saw him on the street. Yeah, I got to meet him. Yeah, got to meet him. Shake his hand, t- tell his us, hand. Tell us, tell us that story. Well, that's the uh, day he signed works.
1: his contract. I was just outside going for a little break with Frank, the dog, and uh, we were cruising and looked Shout over and there was like, there was a bunch of people in suits and I kind of kept my eye on it and noticed that there was, Connor McDavid was was was, was amongst the, the peeps. And so I kind of hung around and jumped up on the seat canvas on the other side of the building and watched what was going on. And it was like, they were taking pictures and trying on jerseys. And I didn't know this until after, but he had, it was the day that he had signed his $112 million contract. Oh shit. Oh, shit. So he signed a huge deal.
0: The biggest I didn't even know one,
1: that. the biggest one that any weathers ever signed, right? So, yeah. he signed his 112 million dollar contract, and, and um, I ran up to my. Meanwhile, this was all going on, just a, a building on the other side of us here, and I ran up to my leather shop, grabbed a piece of leather, a marker, a business card, and a key tag, and went back oh. down. And when he come out. Um, I believe it was Miss Kate's and um, his Connor's agent. And Connor were the first ones to exit out of the little gate over here. Uh-huh. And me and another guy were standing there, a guy that worked for Bell. And we had chatted. And anyways, um, when Connor walked out, um, the other fellow that was with me had basically just said, hey, listen, like uh, we're fans. Would there would there be an opportunity? Could can, can we meet you? Like, Could can we, can we chat with you for a second? And yeah. Connor looked at his agent. And his agent said, yeah, go ahead, man. And so we we're chatting with Connor for a second. And then the, the agent says, do you guys want a picture? So... Connor looked down and I grabbed, I grabbed right away grabbed my like piece of leather and my marker and went up to him and he signed my piece of leather and we stood there and took a picture and it was just weird because I don't know he's just such a to me in my eyes I watch him on TV and see like oh my god this guy's just amazing and like totally. to be standing beside him I, I was like I felt I was in awe you know for, for he's just a normal person though man he's not you know he's just a guy
0: was he real was he like normal oh no man about he was it? so
1: normal he was very chill and he like oh, when, we, when we were going to take the picture he like I don't know, you could see it on my Instagram. But anyway, he yeah. like he was standing the there and then he just kind of like dropped his right shoulder and like leaned into me and I could like feel it. Like he just like leaned <laughs> in and like dropped and like give a little smirk and I'm like, yeah. Whoa, man, <laughs> it just felt cool. So anyway, shook his hand out and give him a business card and give him my uh, key tag, close general. Tom. And, uh, his agent grabbed it right away. His agent was like, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I gave so, it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But his agent took it and okay, they cool. walked down the street and I stood there for a second and, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So I still got that piece of leather up in my shop and then I actually met Leon dry over there. Not so long ago either. <laughs> Few so, of the guys, they they roll around, right? They're just yeah. regular guys that they work in the area. They're you know in their rink and they 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 go for lunch and they do things. Around <laughs> they
0: they so, eat, they yeah, live, that's right? <laughs> so they breathe so it's just air cool like us. To, like have that part of <laughs> so, you know
1: around the area. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so,
0: and then we, we, I digress. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: no, it's all good. So, so going back, it was, um, yeah. So I just loved the building. Yeah. And and I always kept telling Jeff, like, listen, man, I wanna, I, when I come home on my days off, I was coming hanging around and like, had this idea that I wanted to start something on my own. Yeah. Somehow, some way, have a little shop. Yeah. So I kept telling Jeff, listen, I need a space. I need a space. I need yep. a space in the building. And he's like, oh, let me talk to Devin, and we'll see. So they were gonna give me just one of their little offices down in the basement, which has now been transitioned into part of their bar down there. But they were gonna give me because like, it was like a dungeon down there. It was like.
0: Um, The tavern side.
1: Yeah. Okay. It was like a dirty, there was garbage, it was like sand, it was like just whatever. But I was, I needed a space. I didn't want to work in my living room anymore. So Devin and Jeff were going to give me a little space down there. And I kind of left it be for a while because I hadn't heard anything. And all of a sudden, like six months later, Dev approached me or reached out and said, hey, Chloe, I think you're really going to like what we got going on. Why don't you come down? We'll have a chat. So I come down and he like showed me the drawings and showed me what they were starting to work on for what now is Vacancy Hall, oh. which is the space down in the sec-
0: this the part that we're in right now. And that was when Ken Batista, shout out to Ken Batista, yes. um, kind of came into play. That's to right. Build to kind of get things going totally. with, with
1: Kelly and, 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 and Devin about having a space for makers and creators to work out of at a fair price, and they didn't really know what it was gonna be. Yeah, right? was, start, gonna was Startup Edmonton existing at this point in time? Yeah, 100%, yeah, so okay. Startup Edmonton was upstairs, there was a few other small businesses in here, the building Weekly was downstairs. Yeah,
0: um, never knew Weekly was in this building. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? So, oh sorry, Weekly the haircut, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, okay, yep, yeah.
1: Yep. Weekly hair, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, they trim it all. They yeah. do it all weekly, every day. I got,
0: I got, <laughs> I got dreads, so I don't yeah, get. Yeah, you don't haircut, get haircuts. So, you You're know, like, so.
1: what? They got a hair salon in here, man? They <laughs> never do. <laughs> they can do hair <laughs> weekly. You need yeah. to do dreads. <laughs> <laughs> no, a bunch of great guys. Shout out to Craig. Okay. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so so that was down there, and uh, I just loved what they had. I'd seen the drawings of the you know the pop up bays, the little doors, and like small space, and like perfect for makers like myself. So. See six months after that the space was done almost done um and that's when I was that was in 2014 when I was just finishing up my work uh building those tanks so the transition was I had like a month off to get my shit together to like start preparing to have a leather shop which I kind of at the beginning filled it up with like antiques and like some of my unique finds and like I didn't really know what I was up to you know I was just having a cool space to like call my own and make things and so I took the very first bay down there and um, I was the only maker down there I was down there for about three months on my own and that's when Kelly and Devin approached me and said hey listen guy, like why don't you start chatting with some of your friends and seeing who else you can get involved yeah. and, and try and to make something of the space we don't even know what we want it to be it's a you know it's a challenging area over here with like you know parking and it's there's not the buildings the arena wasn't even done yet they just the, the, the they month that event? I got in here they announced it like the same month that I got in here that they were gonna go ahead with it yeah so it shovels in the ground a couple months after that so we got to see this whole thing develop but it was a big transition period right so there was nothing really happening around
0: here and, he, and I'm not sure if you remember how we first met but it was like I think a few months before they had that official announcement yeah. Um, I came downstairs yeah. and was like back then like I was A and still to this day I'm a fashion fanatic Yes. and the first time I met was when I toured around your shop Yeah. and just meeting for the first time yeah. you're just like I remember, 100% welcoming Um, <laughs> just a down to earth dude and you just had so much dope product cool. like yeah. such dope product yeah so that, I mean that was and from That's then I was just started, like yeah. yo this guy's awesome he's dope he's cool yeah. he's like down to earth <laughs> and not fake yeah and not just trying to sell me some shit but just you like try to to be blunt yeah. um give me something that I need you yeah know what I mean like yeah. and, I, and I think there's a difference and I think you got, what was the first thing that you ended up getting uh, what was the first thing you know what the first thing little... I uh, what was the first thing I got I don't know if it was the um. What call it? Your guys is like uh, not key tags, yeah, but yeah like, like key keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think original. that was the first thing, yeah, and then after that, I went into, uh yeah. I think that was the first. I think that was the first thing I got was the, cool. the key like yeah. keeper. Yeah, because yeah. it was nice. dope and it was practical and yeah, it, it's something just it. clean. Yeah, that's <laughs> right.
1: And then we chatted with lots of different, but lots of different things, and you come back a couple times, and oh. yeah, hundred oh, percent. Totally. That
0: was that was when I was part of this. I mean, this whole ecosystem yeah. here of the Marissa building. That's right. And that's yeah. what I loved about
1: that space was meeting new people. Everybody's doing something new and something different and trying to work together to, you know, whether it was collaborating on an idea or collaborate on a thing, it was just like, it was fun to be around. 100%. So I, that's what it kept me drawn to it. So after three months of being down there on my own, Kelly and Deb asked if I'd help out with, like, you know, trying to fill the space with other tenants. So that I did. I, I and got at this some point in time, are out. you
0: done? Are you out of the oil industry? And you're just yeah, yeah, straight on up. I, that oil and gas
1: was done for me. it dove into a completely different pile. Cool. I didn't shut the door on that. I just there was no work there was literally there was so many there was people there was hundreds of people losing jobs daily at that time right Shit, like, yeah and, and and it was just a struggle for many and so it was a something that i could like stay focused on where i was i was i chased work for a bit and couldn't find it is what it was, it, yeah. was it was hard to like put up with that feeling of knowing that i had a ticket to make money but the ticket wasn't Felt like it wasn't available. There was no
0: work. Hundred percent. So, and sorry it's really, inter- could, well, to real quick to intervene. Uh, Keenan Pascal just said, "Cows, repair work is top notch." And didn't, <laughs> yeah. you, didn't you repair one of his bags for him? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but don't tell anybody. I don't do that for everybody. just,
1: yeah. just friends and family.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, continue no, but though. it's always
1: nice doing repairs because you can uh, learn how uh, another product is put together. So it's good.
0: Yeah, but he uh, doesn't do it, people. So do not hit him up to repair <laughs> yeah. some of your other stuff. Instead, right. <laughs> just connect with him. To build something better and be more beautiful. That's right. Continue, though.
1: And so... Yeah, I uh, helped out get the space relatively full. There, I mean, there was tenants that were coming and going a little bit, and then we kind of had a little bit of a crew down there. And with that, I was starting to feel very distracted. With now, I was helping manage a space with seven other bays, so seven other artists, and them coming to me with lots of questions and trying to make rules down there and make it for what it was. It just wasn't something that I was like good at, and wasn't wasn't fair to my business to try to create a space that I didn't even know what I wanted to be. And there was. An open end on the other side where they were like yeah let's do you can basically do whatever you want down there but there was still some like you know no to this you can't do that and can't totally. have this it. so it was it was a challenge especially with even the city regulations the the bylaw and the zoning
0: and like was there this was late and long and lost so and was, i'm curious who was the second person in after you uh the, the second tenant that come down into vacancy hall was
1: chad baba Okay. And he's got Baba. MK Baba designs. Shout
0: oh, out shout Chad. out to Chad Baba. And, yeah. and by the way, I'm a big fan of Chad yeah, Baba. Yeah. So he does beautiful work as well. So he was the second tenant down there. Okay. And cool. And then we had
1: um, we had some other we had some other painting artists down there. Then we had uh, Jordan with art by Pico. Then we yeah. had um, brick art by Aaron. Then we had um, okay. there was shop the skinny. Then there was um, a rumor pop up skate shop. Then there was um, there was yeah there was, there was
0: so a nice a nice, group, a nice little group yeah, oh, of nice little culture of individuals. Yeah, around for there. sure. Right. Awesome. And
1: that's what exactly what we wanted the space to be. yeah. And then with, with, I mean, it, it's an incubator for grow, starting a business and then growing it to evolve into a bigger space. Yeah. So that was the thing. And, you know, going through those transition periods and when somebody would leave, I have to try to fill the space and it just became too much. I couldn't keep up with it. That I, wasn't, I was, my business was failing and, uh, it wasn't good. Totally. So I decided that I needed to take a, basically I was going to move. I was looking elsewhere. You know, I love the building, I love the space. I couldn't have had it any better, loved everything about it. you know, own this building to the the makers that were beside me, but I was just I couldn't I wasn't making any money I was losing money, yeah. right? In a sense, like you know, it was because I wasn't being able to stay focused and I didn't really know what
0: I was up to, right? You know, and so, and sorry, you know, too, we didn't really address like out openly and clearly. What do you do? Yeah, I what?
1: hand make quality leather goods, so belts, wallets, bags, backpacks, motorcycle accessories. So I kind of focusing in on a little bit of a niche with uh, with bags, so yeah. leather duffel bags and and nope. backpacks. And then nope. I also do like the motorcycle accessories in cool. the near future. It's going to be being able to attach a bag to a motorcycle and, and it doesn't have, you don't have to be a motorcycle rider, but yeah. just a. I love riding motorcycles and my friends do. So I want to kind of gear towards that. But this bag can also be used for an everyday guy, you know? Wicked. Yeah. So, so stuff like that. And, um, yeah, and that's what I find passion in, you know, yeah. creating and making. So, but yeah, it's
0: just it, it's it's the bags and stuff that are like and 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 now in which I am super curious about, like, fascinating and in like that world that space of like custom designs because yeah. you do a number of custom designs, yeah, correct? And yeah,
1: cu- yeah, and I and I mean again, I don't like I can't make anything, and that's the thing with leather is you can make shoes to hats, so it's everything in between. So I can, you can get pretty
0: distracted and like, hundred <sighs> percent. How do you how do you navigate your business? to not get distracted?
1: Well, I think it's just like finding your niche and getting really good at it. So finding a certain few products that are like making you a little bit of money that you're also like inspired to make that people are buying yep. that you can just become the best at. Totally. And so it's it's a matter of like and again, there's different materials and different leathers and leather is so expensive and hardware and material. Everything just is like it's a crazy kind of and then
0: did you learn that the hard way by oh, trying sure. to do everything and anything?
1: hundred percent, man. I thought absolutely. And I still struggle with like literally like if I could just make one thing, yeah, th- that would be the key. Right? What would, and- that, what would that one thing be? Man, I would love to just make one bag and yeah. continue to make, but then again, and, and sorry, everything gets wh- repetitive. Told totally, but what
0: would that bag be? I'm curious. Like break. The, I yeah. want to break that down. I'm gonna explore. I that. think
1: a functional, a, a functional leather bag, and maybe some. It could be canvas. it Doesn't matter really the material, but a bag that you could use to where you could pack it up for a day, or you could pack it up for a week. So something that was functional.
0: Okay, so wait, what is that? Is that like a travel bag? Yeah, is yeah, that an exactly. everyday bag? That's a is travel that bag. A, it's a travel, travel bag? bag? For sure. Oh, sick. Yeah, okay, I never absolutely. knew that. That's yeah. dope. Yeah,
1: like I mean, if I could have the company in, in a few different words, it would be like a lifestyle adventure brand so like a company oh. that like you could use the product on the daily but that you can also go travel and adventure with right and huh. and it's gonna last you a long time right? I like, that's I like the that. thing so that's if, if, if I could have it anyway it would be a gear that's built around travel and adventure yeah so everything from your backpack to your duffel bag to your passport cover to your belt and your wallet
0: you know what I mean so so and and I and I think people can get a lot of value in this what is sort of the challenge? And I I know the answer to this, but what is the challenge and not just, just doing that flat out? Well, I think
1: the challenge would be like, sometimes you might not sell enough bags to make your rent, but you'll still have a customer coming in that's looking for a specific style of notebook or a side bag that you've never made before or a a belt that is maybe a little bit different than you. So you kind of have to continue to take on little things to continue paying the bills. If you've got the product and you've got the tools, sometimes you've got to like, you know, diverse a little bit and make some of that stuff for the people that that want it. Totally. I can't, I, I, I've still really yet to send somebody out my door. Um, with an idea that they've come in with and me in my head at first saying like, no, not into it. And then the person explaining why they want it and that they haven't found it anywhere else. And that, you know, they think that, you know, if I, here's the famous words is, Oh, if you make this for me, I've got 10 buddies that are going to want it. (laughs) And usually their buddies don't too often come back because and some do and some do for sure. But some of the products I'm like, you know what, listen, man, I'm not, I'm making this for you and don't tell anybody because it takes me so much time to, to make designs and make, make Patterns and choose the right material for the right job.
0: So let me chime in some real quickly. So I used to have a clothing store called yeah. Room 322, 124 Street. Uh, shoot, seven years ago. Yeah, that was the biggest cliche. So we would always have people retail like goods and yeah. different products from that we purchase from across the place from different yeah. agencies. Yeah, and the biggest thing that people would come to us to say is look. Can I hook me up a discount because I'll tell yeah. 30 friends, yeah, 10 yeah, friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. five, whatever bullshit to yeah. try to get that yeah. deal or that hookup or that link or that product. And it is such garbage. So for anyone who's listening, who's like in that retail business or in that uh, product or um, consumer packaged goods, um, everyone will say that. Just don't do it. Yeah, don't do totally. it. Don't listen to the Hey man, the here's what it
1: is. You got to pay your rent at the end of the day. You got to pay your employees. You got to, yep. and then you've got to live too. Yep. So it's like... Deals are great, but they're not going to keep you alive for that. And I, and I always try to be fair. It's being yeah. fair. And, like, the thing with me and with custom stuff is, like, man, I could – it could be the simplest little project, but it still might take me 10 hours to do. Yeah. And if I'm not making a buck that day, I can't afford to pay my rent at the end of the month, especially when, like, small business, you still have overhead. You still have costs, big costs.
0: You still got to live. You yeah, still exactly. Eat.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I know that my stuff isn't the cheapest in town, yeah. but – in the end it's hopefully gonna be one of the best products that you'll receive. If I can time. comment it is, but so but it all takes time and development, right? Like I 100%. I still know that I'm not the best and I've got lots of learning to do, but it's all nobody's teaching me how to do this. My family inspired me uh, to you know, to be where I'm at. Yep. but nobody is I don't I'm not apprenticing underneath anybody right so it's like it's been a crazy challenge and I've had good people working with me to help build me up where I'm at today so I didn't do it all myself yeah there's been good people that have helped me come in friends family everybody to like make things with me and, and, th- and my way isn't always the right way so bouncing ideas
0: off of each other is the best way totally and so. this that this kind of segues into your latest project and if you can give us give us context on your latest project yeah, so you just I, finished I, up I
1: just finished a project for a company called champion pet foods here in Edmonton and uh, they're a local pet food company that um, has a food processing plant just outside of Edmonton here in Morinville yeah. and they pride themselves on local ingredients for all their dog food so they have two different brands which is it's under Champion Pet Food and that's Akana and Origin and absolutely great dog food pet food for, yeah. for, for your animals like cat food stuff, too? I think that they make cat food but I'm I'm not 100%. Okay, okay. I'm scared. Ah, they got good dog food. Maybe the cat will <laughs> eat dog food. <laughs> Just don't tell the cat.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue that. That's Frank's food, man. <laughs> and by the way, Frank's... Uh, Frank's my dog. Yeah, yeah, he's a
1: little one-eyed bandit. He's a little shitty palm cock. He's a Shih Tzu Pomeranian Cocker Spaniel. And uh, he's on holiday still right now. He took off on uh, <laughs> Christmas time on holidays. He's <laughs> not back, unfortunately. So hope to get him back soon. So miss that little fricker. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that's also awesome. I get to bring Frank to work every day that he's with me, that okay. he's in Edmonton, he comes to work every day. So that's really cool. Not oh. too often uh, guys get to take their dogs to work. So 100%. stoked on that. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the, that, that, that project was huge. It was um, for for Champion Pet Foods, and they reached out to me because they like to support local. Um, and through word of mouth with the company, um, they reached out, sent an email, and and it kind of started from there. They come down to the shop, checked out the space. We chatted about design. We did a drawing. We went back and forth with materials and yep. colors and all that. We finally dialed in um, with exactly what they wanted, and I ordered all the material. And what which, did they want? They wanted a... A little side bag for all their. Uh, the, the reason why they came to me be, was because they they were after um, Christmas gifts for all their employees. Yeah. And the employees, um, their company is continuing to grow, and they're over 600 employees now. Okay. So they contracted. Shoot. It originally started out at 300 bags. That yeah. continued to grow to like 400, 500, and at the um, end, the last number, because they decided that they were going to make bags. 670 bags. Um, um, which were, I don't know, it was a huge feat. I think that I overlooked a lot of it because at first I seen like. Dollars. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna get a check for this amount of money, yeah. and like, everything's gonna be good, right? Until I really realized that there was a lot of material
0: involved. And I was gonna there say was a breakdown, lot. breakdown logistics oh, for man. us. break breakdown, even to I don't know if you could, you'd be knowing the numbers of hardware or. Oh, yeah. all this like stuff. there was what, like what does there that was that over four thousand yards of
1: material. Oh. So like football fields. I mean, the football field is fifty yards. So there's four thousand yards of material. There was holy shit. And there was like. 3000 rivets. There was like 6,000 snaps. There was, like it was like the numbers started to become astronomical for all the pieces and the parts and the like, oh my gosh. you know, and then like putting it all together took five and a half weeks for me and another guy full time. And then a couple part time people coming in and helping out. And, um, it was quite, uh, overwhelming at times to be real, right? Like, yeah. it was something, like I say, at first, it was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then when it came down to it at the end, like, unfortunately, there wasn't really any money to be made, really. You know, I yeah. paid the bills. I got some new machines. I got some material and, like, learned a lot. Yeah. It was a really great experience. Um, couldn't have done it with a better company. Um, I just what it was, was their, their budget per bag wasn't unfortunately with the handmade and the time that it took per bag wasn't enough, but totally. it was still, Hey man, I'm very honored and very happy and very great that I was able to take on that job, but I learned a lot from
0: it. And then at that point, have you ever worked on a project of that capacity oh man, or, man, or the that? I guess I ever did before was like a hundred of something. And that was like key
1: tags, right? Now we're talking like side bags. They weren't, yeah. they weren't leather. They were all canvas, but a heavyweight canvas. Um, and yeah, so it was like,
0: You're learning. learning.
1: 100%. And I wasn't going to, you know, at first I thought, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. But of course you can do it. It's just going to take you time and figuring out. So it took a lot of managing, you know, everything from your material to your time to your... I had a deadline things had to be done on a time and we somehow were able to push the deadlines by a few days.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're a Christmas gifts, So,
1: and I was fortunate that you actually come in and made a really sick video, which yeah. I still haven't released cause I'm super awesome <laughs> at social media. So we're going to release it uh, after this teaser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe Bobby will teach me how to post this, shit <laughs> so people can see the video that Bobby shot for me. Yeah. Version me. Bobby's got another company called the uh, version me. Yes. 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 Does media. Um, and, um, and videography and all that. So it's really cool. All right. But none. Nonetheless, uh, yeah, you made a you shot a really cool video which captured basically the gist of what we were up to for you know a month and a half.
0: And, and, and for the people who are just like a little bit like yes, they hear what you're saying. You did 600 bags. Break down what is it like to make 600 bags. Break down the process, the ordering. Man, give us give us some perspective. It's like in a nutshell the same piece over and over
1: and over 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 Cause it was, I mean, 600 of each piece and there was, there was over, there was 4,020 pieces of material that were cut to be put together to make the 670 bags. So yeah, like one, you know, like when I made the first original sample, the first one took me two hours and I got it down to like an hour. And then the third one I got down to like 40, 45 minutes. Oh shit. Like one bag, right? Like, but From the original, from the final to the actual, the one that they chose, I still had to make some minor changes as I got into the mass production of it. The original one-offs, I was able to... I guess, like, make things just work in a sense. But when it came down to the reality of actually making the all the bags the exact same, I had to do some other things to make things fit better. Like, I had to add, on a couple of them, I had to add an extra, like, there was 18 inches of stitch times two per bag that I had to add extra that I didn't add in for, which when you're making one bag is, like, two minutes. But when you add two minutes times 600, that's, like, a week's worth of work. Holy so there was some parts that I, like, didn't really think that were going to... You know, add up to that much time in the end. Yeah, because I had to make changes because I'd never done something like that. so I didn't accommodate for any of that.
0: And I guess that's what happens when you're taking a project on scale. Yeah, um, you don't know those details until exactly, exactly that when you yeah. notice that a two-minute item or two-minute process translates to a weeks worth of work in exactly. the grand scheme of things. It's like, yeah. whoa, that'll break everything.
1: Absolutely. So I. Um and I know I couldn't have done it without without the help of of, of Mike James. Yeah. So shout out to Mike. Shout out to Mike James. Motorbike Mike, Motorbike and, Mike. and my girlfriend Dana. Dana and Frank, the one I bandit. <laughs> and and lots of others. There was there was lots of others. But nonetheless it was it was the it, you know, I couldn't have done it without the help that I had. Yep. Um, and things just showing up on the nick of time. Like I mean when you're ordering that amount of material from somewhere and you have like we we, we finalized the deal in September. September like 15th or something is when it was finalized but I had to have like 220 bags done by November. So I gave me like a month and a half to have 200 bags and then 2 weeks after that I had to have another 400 bags done. Oh. So it was like timelines were like bang bang bang. It was so like oh my yeah. god, is this actually going to happen? Yeah. And with the long nights and the early mornings, it was
0: it was feasible. So so how 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 important in terms of your growth of your business has people been? Oh man, it's huge. It's like from the people that you that have kind of just
1: popped in to help out along the way with not only that project but so many other things with just even the helping build the brand to making awareness of it um to just talking good things about it it's it's huge that's the only thing between you and your product is the person that's wearing it so or rocking it right so interesting you've got to make the customers happy and to be honest that's been a challenge of mine for a lot of different things with timelines yeah with the custom pieces, sometimes, you know, you continue, you have to continue to take on work and lots of it to be able to build a brand and build a business, but getting things out at the right times has been a huge challenge for me. you know, potentially overworking myself and being a one man show, but I have, I've had some help here and there and I've been very fortunate enough that I've, I've, I've got, you know, I've, at times I've had full-time people and at times I've had part-time people, but it's really challenging to like be able to pay the person, pay the people that help you a decent wage and then be able to pay your bills at the end of the month. Yeah. So that's been my biggest challenge. And then like realizing that, okay, you've got tons of work to do, but at the end of it, because material is so expensive, um, I'm very fortunate that with this building that um, you know, it's I'm in a great space. Hundred percent f- for a fair price. Yeah. So like Everything is fair, but it's still a huge challenge. Yep. And that, work that'll forever be done. the same. That's never going to get easier. Yep. The more money you make, the more space you need, the more people you need to hire, the more materials you need, the more money, the more problems, man. <laughs> and it's straight up, that's never going to be, that's always yeah. going to be a thing. So like like even going back to this other job, you know, it was like to me at first, it was like such a big number. Like, oh my God, I'm going to make money. This is going to be sick. Can't yeah. wait.
0: And this is the pet food's job.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then like when at you the end of it, them. the logistics and the, the finalizing the numbers, it's like, Did I? I'm I'm happy to break even, right? Which is good because, hey man, it kept me going for a few months, it got my product into 600 more people's hands, all that stuff, so it all continues to build the business through
0: slowly just working its way. And I can imagine being like an entrepreneur and taking on this huge project that kind of left you to, bottom line, pause on your business. Absolutely. Because you need to execute on this huge...
1: That's right. My leather goods side of things had to like stop for two months, which was a challenge because I had already pre-taken on some of this work. Yeah. But not realizing that it was going to take me as long as it did for this project, I wasn't able to get out some of the jobs that I would already pre-engaged and, yeah. and promised.
0: So, so so people, people who are in a potentially in a similar situation but a different industry what would you like what advice would you give them in regards to exactly that like when I, they have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do a large-scale project yep. that's a little bit whether it's over their capacity or just it's going to take their whole focus of business what yeah. do you say to them I think it's make sure
1: you know what you're getting yourself into and like kind of make sure that you're trying to it's hard to say like see these unforeseen circumstances but like plan it well Yep. Make sure that you know exactly what it's going to cost you. Yep, and make sure that you understand the scope of how long it's going to take you. Yep. before you agree to say yes, I can do it for that much money. Because in the end, if you if you end up, you know, pushing yourself so far and pushing yourself into a position where it's upsetting other customers now, and then you're in the end, you're not even making any money doing it. It's like. Why did you do that? You said yes. You took it on, right? So for me, I guess, and for others, the only advice I could give would be really make sure you kind of know what you're getting yourself into by like taking and the time to understand it on paper, look at it, overview it, get the help you need, yeah, and and, and then move forward. And
0: then in, in hindsight, is that come down to, because I'm really to drive, I want to drive home like the roots or the, the meat of it. Yeah. Does that mean charging a higher dollar amount because it's gonna require more work more hours more people that you need to build out it, if that's or what,
1: if it's the money that you that you yeah you
0: know, you know if that's going to be the problem then yeah. absolutely it's or best. or cutting or reducing sort of their expectations that's on their right. deliverables to make sure or that sometimes you know maybe the, you
1: just can't use those material because costs are too high and if you want to use this material then it's going to cost you x amount because you just can't
0: and then and then I, I i relate to that so heavily just on my industry um in terms of like you know doing marketing for companies um, I try to spell that exact thing like yeah. you know the tools I use the activities I do um, yes my time is worth X amounts yeah but like in order for me to like be able to execute build on that and actually develop it to the scale or, or even to give them that product yeah. that they can use that's right um it requires refinement. It requires Absolutely. my creativity. So it re- much
1: more time than you think. 100%. And I think even like with the projects that you worked on for me, I think in your mind you thought, okay, I can do this pretty easy. I could probably get it done in like two days. Well, yeah. man, you worked on it solid for probably like two weeks. <laughs> totally. You know what totally. I mean? And again, you, you didn't, it, you know, you were fair with everything. Yeah. With the, with, the, with, the, with what we come up with. So it was like, it, it worked great. But at the same time, you realized for yourself too. And it's like, man, when you're doing good work, so much time is Hun- necessary to... 100%. make it become the best that you want it to be 100% and, you end, and th- we end up sacrificing a lot for
0: to- that. totally but then like and then part of me too um, and that's I mean I love what I do yeah exactly and so that's I lo- I love what I do when I have like the creative freedom and flexibility to do that you granted that yeah. creative freedom and that's flexibility right. and from that, I'm able to like produce something that I would love to produce yeah, yeah. versus, if, I mean, if you were nitpicking or yeah. if anyone was nitpicking and trying to dictate everything yeah, and it makes felt it like work, yeah. then I'm like, okay, well, shoot, if it feels like work, you're going to pay me X this much. much more. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: and it's hard when we're always our, our, our worst critics ourselves as like completely. wanting it to be the best that it can be. So we'll spend too much time trying to make it perfect when really in the end, it's like
0: you know, you just got to do the best you can do. And this is what it is, man. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Shout out to, uh, Chris strong who, uh, you know, he's just saying we're sipping on bourbon while talking business. That's right, man. <laughs> yeah, talking business, having fun. It's the real life. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, dial. so I guess moving forward amongst this project, so you bang out, what was the total? 670. A, 670 yeah. bags. Yeah. Um, Where are we today in terms of 2018? Yeah, so after that project finished up, I still had clearly a ton of things left over from...
1: 2017 that I wasn't able to finish because of this project. Yep. Um, so currently still working on orders from last year and continuing to take on new work from people that are just coming in and taking some stuff off the shelves as well as placing orders for the bags and stuff that I, the bags and stuff that I make are like, everything is one off in a sense that I work within my patterns, but you get to pick your leather, your stitch, your hardware, and I make the bag for you. I'll put your name on it, you know, a company logo, whatever it is. So it's still growing in that sense. And you know, so many people, you know, often say like January, February, are the slowest months of the year. Yeah. They are and they are but as I'm seeing it this year, I'm seeing things move forward in a different direction where there's a lot, because I mean, I'm at where I'm at. It's a little creative hub for entrepreneurs. It's a great building, great space. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing lots of makers and other entrepreneurs moving forward with business and trying new things and taking that step into realizing like, hey, I'm going to do this. There's movements coming forward um, with um, different um, laws going to be opened up soon here and different um, there's different rules that are going to be happening with business. So it's kind of nice to see people taking advantage of this and trying to um, take a step in a different direction. And trying something new. Totally. So, and I think that's what it's all about. Is like, don't wait for next month or the month after, a month after. You know, I mean, you got to have a plan and you got to have a goal. But at the same time, sometimes those plans and and things like that change. So, if you have a goal and and a bit of a vision, chase it because it's always going to change. You're always going to be chasing that dream. People are like, "Oh, Chloe, you're so lucky, man. You're living the dream. You get to make leather goods all day." And it's like, "Yeah, but when it becomes when it when it when it when it's a reality of like, you know, making your bills or not." It does change, but the best part about it is I love what I do. Totally. And it keeps you going. And I wouldn't I wouldn't change it if I wouldn't have to. The best part about it is I've got a welding ticket that I can go back to work and then I got a class one truck driver license that I can Old totally. oh, drive truck again if I have to, but <laughs> I'm gonna keep pushing my damn just to keep this going, right? But.
0: Totally. And 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 then kind of like that. Uh, that segues to actually one like a topic that I'm very curious about is how important or do you ever get approached around products around collaborations and those activities and does that play a role in your business at yeah, all? Oh yeah,
1: for sure. And I mean, especially being in a little uh, in a city like Edmonton, that yeah. like you know, it's a big city but a small town feel. Yeah. Um, people know people. Yep. You know, like you can. I'm a strong believer in the six degrees thing. No matter where I go in the world, it seems like I know somebody within like a few people.
0: And I'm a firm believer that Edmonton's one degree separation. Yeah. One degree of separation. So
1: it's, you know, I find that the more people that do come to me, and the more kind of connections you make and the yep. things that you do with them, only broadens that horizon and, and kind of opens that perspective of what a person can do. And and trying to work together, you know, like-minded individuals with similar minds, you know, can can do a lot together, right? Yep. Like, and one thing I did realize, you can't do everything yourself. Totally. Like, you know, I'm a maker, but I can't like do my accounting and and, and, and do my social media and do my um, um, my books and my ordering. I do it, but I. But here's the thing: you can't do everything awesome. Totally. So you have to learn to like branch and like give other people the opportunity to help you, even though that's one of the hardest things to do: is to let go of like little things. Because, like, first of all, there's not a bunch of money floating around, so it's not like, "Yo, Bobby, here's <laughs> a couple of G's. Can you, you know, hook me the, up with social media for a couple of months?" And like, it, I would love to be able to do that. Yeah. But it's like you have to figure out slowly working yourself into that and getting the help where you need it when you can and and working with good people and hoping that like everybody makes a little bit of percentage of, you know, what comes in at the end of it. And it's not always, and it's not about the money. It's about the relationships that you gain from. And if, I mean, you got to make a, make a bit to, to, to eat. Right. But at the same time, it's, it's all about like trying new things and working with good people just getting out there and having fun because I mean in the end at the end of the day we've the only thing we've got is 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 our health and the ones be in the in our in our loved ones beside us. So totally. take care of the things that matter most, and one of them is your health. So make sure you smoke cigarettes and drink lots of scotch <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and work damn hard. You know oh, what I mean? completely. Like, you know, work hard because that's the only thing that's going to get you anywhere. And no one's going to do it for you.
0: I'm curious, what is what is like for the people who are not in your world or your industry? What is the current state of whether? And I don't know what you classify as, of, like custom goods or like, like maker, what what creator. would you? Yeah, yeah. what what. How do you what's the current state of that like what where is it at is it well, growing is there more do, are you meeting more and more people who are, who are
1: appreciating it more yeah understanding that a quality made good takes time and that time is money so people are appreciating that you know if I'm myself putting in good time they're okay to pay the money for a good product totally. um, and then so that's being understood a little better because we, for so many years we were well up until well forever there's been things being brought up overseas which yep. is a whole other world, and then forever there's always been the 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 original makers in the communities that you're at, right? So, but there's been a huge gap between like people being able to go to Walmart buy a t-shirt and a pair of shoes for forty bucks, or coming to which where we're at here is an original um, warehousing district where you used to be able to come down here and buy a pair of Levi's and get your shoes made at a local shoemaker. Totally, it would cost you three, four times as much, but that product was going to last you three four times as long yeah and that's slowly coming back you know our, our our clothes we're washing we're paying a lot more attention to yep. on the quality of it how long its lasting. does that brand really matter um yep. you know and trying to keep things clean and simple totally um how, we're, how,
0: we're, how much does made in canada or made in edmonton play into the the, th- that industri- You know, it's, I think it's all
1: about like knowing where your money's going, supporting yep. local, um, realizing that it does help create uh, the economy get stronger. You know, yep. you're helping me, I'm helping you, and then we're all eating at the end of the day. Totally. As opposed to, you know, us working our butts off and then giving our money to a big corporation, which the corporation isn't even paying their employees well and the money is just being lost in translation and it's no fair to anybody, really. Totally. So I feel like it is slowly coming back to a true appreciation and understanding for what it is that you know you're using on the daily yeah and i think we're all becoming a little bit more aware of that from the food we're eating to the to the shoes we're putting on our feet wicked um, and so it's, it's very important yeah. as far as I'm and concerned then, and, and most others
0: around me. Because like, like being, um, part of like the, you know, the downtown core, yeah. the downtown community, um, sometimes I see a lot of like rah rah raw support local. Mm-hmm. Do you see actually people supporting loco yeah, or is it still in there, the rah rah stage?
1: No, it's like, there's, there's definitely like a movement being made. But again, like you were saying before that, are there more people doing it? And yes, for sure. Because I think that as myself and as others, I think we, I try to promote and inspire others to do it. So yeah. as you do that, it does help. It does resonate in people to like, you know, realize that they can try it too. Yeah. So it's great, but sometimes it's bad because, you know, it's taking away my own business sometimes it's and there right. are more makers getting out there. There's a great handful of other makers and, and canvas workers and things like that in Edmonton, right? It's but it's in. A, you know, it's a big city. There's a lot of people. It's all about how you treat your customers, totally. and,
0: um, and bottom line, running a, a successful business. Yeah, that's and it's, customer focused it's and oriented.
1: There's no, you know, I'm, I'm very happy and fortunate that I'm the only one around downtown right here doing this kind of thing. But so many people are just still working out of their uh, their garage or their basement or a spare room in their house or, yeah. you know, things like that. I, you know, I, I thought I, from the beginning, I needed to take the take the risk, take the challenge to yeah. get out there. And again, I'm working with, I'm helping. Uh, the of uh, the people who own this building in a sense pay their bills and they're helping me pay my bills and I'm helping you pay your bills. And we're so, all just like working together as to, one big system as much as sometimes it's not at the end of the month. Sometimes I realize that like, damn, I literally like made zero bucks this month, but yep. I still got business. I still got jobs on the, on the, on, on the, on the sheets. Told I still it. got things happening. I'm still getting emails and phone calls. And as long as you like, the harder you work to get your product out there, the faster you're gonna get another job. Cause the sooner you get another bag or backpack or belt or what well, they're gonna tell their buddy, their buddy's gonna tell their buddy and they're it's going just pe- gonna
0: keep going. And people are gonna see it and they're yeah. gonna keep going around and that. That's, and, and that's that's kind
1: of what it is all about. Slowly just building that that brand around, letting it speak for itself and not having to totally.
0: be something it's not. And, and, and I guess this kind of goes into now um, final thoughts. Um, going forward amongst 2018, where's your focus on? focuses on creating new products
1: that are still revolved around the lifestyle adventure brand but having incorporating some more materials so like the canvases and things like that, things like that. and just moving forward to build the brand um cool with, I, I, with other people as well like I'm, I'm all about collaboration right yeah i love working with other talented individuals and people who have creative minds but don't know how to put it together. So I'm I'm looking forward to see like that 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 champion pet food job opened up my eyes to a whole nother world of of things. And there are some things that are kind of in the works. So hopefully things continue to play out with some little bit bigger jobs and otherwise just focusing on my brand and um you know, trying to keep pushing forward, man. And and super dope. It's just it's a lot of work. It's a lot of
0: dedication and yeah. it's it's a lot of fun too, right? So, and and if someone wants to get hold of you, um, what's the best way for them to get uh, hold of you? Like, you what uh, will you actually answer? That is,
1: I answer my phone every day <laughs> but you ain't gonna put a no. you're not gonna drop your phone number so, uh, out there uh, so best way is gonna be uh, my website www.closedgeneral.com. Yeah, um, it needs some work so don't judge me on that but just like anything right <laughs> work in progress 100 steadily, steadily we killing it <laughs> so
0: then hit hey, you up on there hit hey, you up uh, on the yeah, info at... Insta-
1: Instagram works as well cool. it's, my Instagram is general. Uh, cool. Pretty simple, and uh, and the reason why I guess we didn't really chat about this—it's my, my my company is Closed General Leather because my last name is Closing, so my nickname is Clo, so it's just Closed General Leather. Okay,
0: cool, shit, yeah. Um, so you know what because i've taken enough of your time yeah like, we, what like, time is it here <laughs> we're, 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 it, we're, we're like an hour and 20 minutes well, that's it, i was man, trying nice. to keep us at 45 <laughs> minutes and we got into it nice that's so um first off just want to thank you for your time yeah man thanks for sharing some knowledge some dropping totally. some history here yeah about the mercer building for sure, dude. and um much respect and yeah. love sir yeah thanks
1: for having me uh, in this space man it's always uh, a <laughs> an honor to come and (laughs) check out this space where
0: you're at and uh and this is the first this is the first live this is the first you're number one
1: yeah it's awesome man it's always uh (laughs) you're an inspiring individual yourself so keep it rolling man. respect sir respect
0: thank you for tuning in to getting 360 with just bobby t you are on facebook live i would really appreciate if you hit that share button and if you're listening to this on itunes i would love it and appreciate it and would have so much respect if you could leave a rating So many more podcasts to come, and I appreciate you guys listening. Peace.